We want to tell you about the Culture Proof Conference happening in July of 2024. Yes, Culture Proof Conference happening July 18th to the 20th in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church. It's going to be a great time. We have some great speakers talking about some great topics, and we're just looking for the Lord to, to truly move in our midst. This year's theme is resist. resist. As we look at what's going on in the culture, we want to be reminded of what our brother James wrote in James chapter 1, verse mm-hmm. 27b, where he told us to be unstained by this world, to keep ourselves unstained by this world. And one of the ways that we're going to equip you to do that is to alert you to what's happening in the world, yeah. alert you to what's happening in the culture, and also provide an actual practical response that keeps us unstained by the world. We have some great speakers coming out, Dr. Kathy Cook. We're going to have uh, Dr. Taryn Dames. We have we have some great things happening, like some breakout sessions. We have Culture Proof Kids, Culture Proof Teens. It's something for the whole family. And so you want to register. We're going to give out more information. It's coming. But you want to register. The registration will start in February. So just be on the lookout for that. Culture Proof Conference 2024 in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church. We are super excited. More information as we get closer. Make sure you stay connected. Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we want to talk about the reality that was just, I guess, brought to our attention by the Wall Street Journal that our boys are not okay. We've spent a lot of time talking about girls and the emotional needs that girls have and maybe even talking about some of what would be called underrepresentation um, in the STEM fields, um, looking at science and technology, uh, engineering and mathematics. And so there's been a lot of focus, a lot of push, even in schools, um, to give attention to girls. So our boys are not okay. And and what we want to talk about as parents is how we parent bravely, Mm -hmm. how what the culture is turning out is not primarily or even, you know, hardly ever something that we should just adopt without scrutiny, without inspecting the ways that it might affect our children um, and certainly affect our boys. Yeah, it's amazing. We, we've done shows before uh, talking about the effect, the effects of, um, you know, just the internet and social media and things like that and how even the uh, developers of these different things don't mm. allow their children to um, you know, partake in it after you know at a certain age and things like that, but we tend to just consume it and let our children consume it, and we see the results of those things uh, that they have on our children. And I think we have to really be more vigilant and wise about how we uh, allow our children to to use the internet and things like that. That we have to take it seriously because it's affecting them in so yes. many different ways that they can't even concentrate. They can't. They're not yes. organized. And, yes. You know, um, their feelings are all over the place. And, oh my goodness! And, and look, we've seen that even 
you know, with our children just a little, because they have guarded time. But when it's too long, yep. like in our little ones, we yep. see that they like are mad when they have to get off and yes. things like that, which shows us, oh, you've been on enough, long, long right. enough. Right. And so I think we, we have to take that seriously. Yeah, you know, it's really concerning to me that um, in many of the ways that we parent, it tends to come from a place of fear. You know, we don't yeah. want the kids to be mad at us. Um, we we are afraid that the outcome might be dire as it pertains to us. And, you know, not so much them, because mm-hmm. we're thinking about our own personal comfort, yeah. which I would even go so far as to say is a selfish way to parent, like to be thinking about yourself primarily as you parent, um, to say nothing of the reality that as Christian parents, we ought to be thinking about God primarily. We ought Amen. to lead with um, how might I parent in a way that brings glory to God and that is to the benefit of my child, mm. not to my personal comfort, not that I would be liked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that I would be the That's favorite big. parent, you know yeah. what I mean? Not that I would be the one that gets celebrated for those temporal things, but that I would be the one who would be celebrated for what I've contributed um, to the eternal outcomes of right. our children. I think we don't we don't major in that enough. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And we have to lose that mindset, you know, that we're just trying to be liked by our children. Are we going to mm. mess them up in some way by having discipline and, and uh, having rules and things like that? I think the enemy really desires to uh, uh, hurt us in that way, yeah. like to, to manipulate us, to think a certain thing when really they need and want the discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, they may not understand it all right now, but I promise you as we and, and look if you're listening, you know that some of the things that were put in place for you when you got older, you were like, man, I Come understand. On. But at yeah. that at that moment, the child may not understand, but it's our job to parent. Yeah. And I look, what do you say to this, mm-hmm. Will the Great? Like, I, I would say at that moment, many children do not like, you know, I think right. it's rare when you can instruct a kid and direct a kid. And in that moment, that kid says, oh, yeah, this is good and right and true. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's why we are to parent no matter what the mm-hmm. child may say or how they react, because they need us to, to do that. Yeah. And they'll realize later on. I know I realized a lot of things later on that I didn't like that my dad and my mom were like, you can't do this or no to this. And I was like, why? You know, mm-hmm. but now looking back, I'm like, man, God, thank you for parents who didn't, but, bu- bu- you know, bow down to my yes. will, you know, what I wanted because it, it made me a better man. Yeah. You know, I say to parents all the time. When I give presentations, there's a reason that you're older than they are. <laughs> right. Right. There's a reason like yes. there, there's a reason that you have been entrusted uh, with this work. The Lord has entrusted you to this work. He's given you an edge. Right. He's given you <laughs> wisdom. If we would if we would come to wisdom, yes. the Lord has given us wisdom. He's made wisdom available to us. That's right. But also he's given us some years on them to live in the world and to understand what it is to navigate the world. We don't want to parent our kids from a place of, you know, they're always going to be inside our homes. We right. want to grow young adults, like young humans, not (laughs) perpetual babies. And so I think in many ways, that's what we find ourselves doing. Let's take a look at this article here and just kind of have a conversation around it. Um, I found this um, over at the Wall Street Journal, and it's written by a woman named Julie Jargon, who looks at um, family and technology and all of that over at uh, the Wall Street Journal. And I really found this interesting because I thought, man, there's so many takeaways for us as Christian parents, because I think the big battle 
that we are fighting is the battle for technology, right? Mm. Or the battle over technology, maybe not for technology, but how do we navigate the use and the benefits of technology right. while not compromising the spiritual development of our children, the mental development of our children, um, all of those things that point to the glory of God that are meant that God through our kids will go public. We are muting that. We mm. are distorting that because we are allowing them to have technology as a narcotic that we just put in their hands and it alters their mind. It alters their bodies. It alters the way they think about the world. And I would say that spiritually speaking, we don't yet know fully the consequences of that. No, you're definitely right about that, man. We have, we have to win the war of technology in our homes. Like, because the thing is, it's that there's a lot of good in Mm -hmm. technology, you know, it helps us out a lot. So, and it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Matter of fact, it's advancing, you know, faster and faster. So mm-hmm. how do we as Christian parents, you know, navigate this, you know, so that we can use it for its benefits Amen. and it don't uh, turn around and hurt us? Yeah. Man, that, that could be pretty tricky. It is you know, tricky. So we have to stay close to the word of God. You know, the word word of God tells us about excess or having yes. too much, you know, uh, moderation. Those things apply even to technology yeah. and things like that. Self-control, yeah. discipline. And so if we stick close to the straight edge of scripture, I think we can navigate well. Amen. And I, I, I believe the Holy Spirit and the knowledge that comes from God's word makes us bold as we lay down parameters for technology. I love the way you said that, that we can use technology for its benefit and not have it destroy us. Because I think that's the challenge <laughs> that we're looking at with parents. There are benefits. There are benefits. Let me just say this before I jump into this WSJ article. The benefit cannot be that you feel like you don't have a kid. Mm. Right. Yeah. Like the benefit of technology cannot be like, oh, I don't even notice that they're here. Like that's not (laughs) what God has called us to. Like the the technology does not become the babysitter and the chief and foremost entertainer or even disciple maker, which, by the way, we kid ourselves if if we think that technology is not making disciples. Technology is making disciples. Yeah. Like left and right, twice on Sundays, technology is making disciples. And so it's up to us as parents to be discerning and to stand between our kids and the culture, which includes the technological advances that have been made. And again, Mm -hmm. I love the way you said it. We want the technology to be able to serve us, Mm -hmm. right? But we don't want to be mastered by that technology. And what this Wall Street Journal Mm -hmm. article says to me is that we are being mastered by it. And now... We've got the information to suggest strongly that our boys are also being mastered by this technology. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you are enjoying what you hear, please remember to give it a rating or to leave a comment. Let people know that this podcast is a blessing to you. It helps to grow Culture Proof and we would be so grateful. Also, if you love Culture Proof and you want to support the ministry, why not pick up some merch and look good while you support the ministry of Culture Proof? Check out every podcast. You'll find a link in the description to where you can get your Culture Proof merch and support this ministry. We appreciate it. Here's the article. It's written by Julie Jargon. Um, Teresa Lubavitch says nearly every student coming to her private tutoring center to learn personal organization skills is a boy. Wow. So the headline of the article that grabbed my attention is boys are struggling. It it can take coaches, tutors, and thousands a month to fix that. Wow. 
Wow. Wait, wait until I start to talk to you about the dollars attached to trying to right the ship when we look at what's going on with our boys. Like it just blew my mind. And some of you will be able to do the math as you hear some of these numbers. But um, the boys are not okay. And this has now become an industry. Mm. Which, which suggests strongly that really we're, we're sort of like deep in the woods of this because when you can make money off the fact that anybody's not okay, yeah. Yeah. it means that we've got large numbers of people who are not okay. Okay, right. exactly. so back to this article here. Starting at $500 a month, her services don't come cheap. This is talking about Teresa Lubovitch. All right, but she says parents are willing to pay to jumpstart their middle school age boys, many of whom show up unmotivated and disorganized. Mm. Often, quote, often the boys are doing the work and not turning it in. There's no follow through on assignments. Their backpacks are a mess, says Lubovitch. Um, she's got a, a, a Washington state based center and she says that she has nearly 400 local and online students. Wow. She goes on to say, quote, the parents are tired of fighting about it. Wow. Let me just run a highlighter over the numbers there. So her services, okay, start at $500 a month and she's got about 400 students locally and online, 400 <laughs> students locally and online. And her services start at about $500 a month. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we, yes, very we, lucrative. we <laughs> are making some money off of the effects of technology. Mm. Okay. Like if you, you look at that monthly, what are we talking about? $240,000 a month. So, so, or, or, or more. I mean, because if it's starting at $500 right. a month, like, it could be more like than what, that. you know, somebody do the math for me on that. What is that? $500 times 400 students, mm -hmm. right? Was that $200,000 a month? $200,000 a month, if I'm not mistaken. This is going to be a test of my education. $200,000 <laughs> so a that, month. At, okay, At least that. At least, and that. probably more, depending probably. on what the services are. Right. Wow. So, so we have a big problem, and now it is an industry. All right, I'm just going to continue here. Middle school has become high stakes. Students who have fallen behind by eighth grade are less likely to succeed in high school and graduate on time. Teachers and education researchers are saying this. Lubavitch says the focus in recent decades on making education more equitable. Now, listen to this. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Here we go. Your, your ears should perk up when you hear certain words. Right? Because when we start talking about equity, we think that this is good for everyone involved. Mm. But here is what the researchers are saying. Okay, so the recent focus on making education more equitable for girls mm -hmm. has resulted in less attention being paid to boys. She, Lubavitch, and other education experts say boys have struggled to regain their motivation. Mm. In the wake of the pandemic, problems compounded by omnipresent distractions, um, the ones coming from laptops and other devices at home and in the classroom. At tutoring, Lubavitch has students put their phones in a basket. Mm -hmm. The buzzing <laughs> of notifications on the phones can grow so loud, she sometimes puts the basket on the carpet <laughs> to mute the buzzing. Right. I read another article that suggested that our kids have at least 5,000 interruptions a day. 5,000 wow. messages coming in and interrupting their day. Now, I, I just want to pause here for a second, and I want you to mm. think about what this does for some of the instruction that we are given by way of God's word, right? If we are to set our mind on things that are above, when are we doing that if we've got 5,000 interruptions coming in to our lives on any given day? Wow. 
It's it's hard to do that as an adult. Think about trying to do that as a 15 year old, a 14 year old. Like where are we finding the space to do that? Where are we finding the space to meditate on God's word? Notice I haven't even gotten to like education. Notice I haven't even gotten to what is required of the human mind to be able to read a book. Hmm. Like think, think about the distractions that you feel when you sit down to do anything and compare that to maybe 10 years ago. 15 years ago, how you could sit down, complete a thought, but now you sit down and people have direct access to you. So you've constantly got messages coming in you. And it's almost like a a, a constant alarm that is telling you something needs your attention. Something Mm. needs your attention. What you are doing right now is not important. You need to stop that because something else needs your attention. Think about how you navigate that as an adult Mm -hmm. and then think about children. And those things won't change uh, as adults, if we don't change it for ourselves first and then try to help our children. Yes. So if we are distracted like that, which we are, you know, we have notifications coming in. We all have the emails. Time. We have all this stuff. And I know some things uh, are pertaining to important things like work and stuff like that. But if we don't have a uh, disciplined approach about it ourselves, our children won't as, as well. They won't have it as well. And so I think we have to first survey our, ourselves, you know, as uh, the, the adults in the room mm-hmm. and see ways that we can discipline ourselves. You know, it, it may not mean um, you, you can't check your messages and things like that, That especially if pertaining to work and different mm-hmm. things. But are we doing mindless things like on social media yes. or, you know, whatever yes. it may be? And so I think we have to be challenged to say, okay, for me first, what are the areas where I can get better at being disciplined uh, in using my phone and using my laptop or my iPad or whatever? And then, you know, how can I help my children Mm -hmm. not be mastered by this stuff as well? Yeah, no, I think that is an excellent point. And I think it's really practical. One of the big ways that I, and I'm getting better at this, it's not easy to do because I, I tend to be more, um, you know, what will people think? Mm -hmm. I don't know how you describe that, but like whatever that is called, I tend to be more like that. And so the demands of text messages and things like that can really get to me. Mm -hmm. So what I have learned to do and what I'm increasingly doing, because I have to focus, there are things that are just important and they need to be done. So I've learned to set my phone to do not disturb. Mm -hmm. And, and that I got to say, it took a lot for me to get to that place where I could say, Okay, I can't be disturbed. Almost like I felt like I've always got to be available. Mm -hmm. I've always got to be on and ready. So I've learned to set my phone to do not disturb. I've also learned that every time a message comes in does not automatically mean I've got to respond to it right at that moment. Mm -hmm. And why? Because I'm trying to take back my mind. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to take back my focus. And this takes, and here's the thing. People don't know what you're doing when they send you a text message. Right. They, they, and they are not registering that they have a right to access you on the spot. They're just, they're thinking something. They want to send a message. So they send that message. But what you do, if you always have to immediately respond, you, then what you are saying to that person is that, man, you've got nothing else going on. Yeah. 
or to those people because many of us are not just getting one text message a day. Right. You're getting several, bunch, right? Yeah. So you've got to compartmentalize those things and say, look, when I sit down, if I'm having dinner with my family, we're not responding to messages. And, you know, I think when, and I'm thinking about myself, so if I send a message that I feel like is important, you know, I'm, th I'm thinking how other people may think. They're, they're sending a message thinking that, man, you need to read this. You need to see this right now. And so they're thinking it's not like what, you what are you doing yeah and then we have these features on our phones where you can see that someone has seen uh, that a message has come in yeah and you're like well i know this person saw it so they so it's i all, feel like all of that so is control all of this is like a quick response we got a quick response i don't like it you know <laughs> right and so i think we've been programmed to not even think what you just said like okay what could this person be doing that maybe i need to do this after a certain amount of hours because I, I don't think that way you know I, I think well i'm just sending a message but i don't think about what is the other person doing you know do they have time for this i'm thinking on my end this is something i need to send you know so i think that, that, that's and a, i think that's a personality thing i i will mm -hmm. say this i usually i would send if i'm sending a person a message mm -hmm. kind of initiating you know if I don't, I guess I think in terms of what I'm doing. So I usually send like a disclaimer. Okay. No need to respond mm. quickly or like, okay, just when you get a moment. And, and I think in my mind, it's the way that I want people to think about what I'm doing. Yeah. I want them to think, man, what if she's reading? Or like, mm -hmm. like I homeschool six kids. What if she's in class? Like, what if she's teaching? I want people to respect that that is legitimate, mm -hmm. that that is something that's important. And I want my kids to also feel that they need to protect that and to guard that, that yes. when they are in school. So we do a combination of, um, what in-person teaching and also online school. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but during school, the notifications are off. Do not disturb is on. The only thing you're doing is listening to your instructor and taking notes and all of those things. And why? Because if not, then the constant interruptions mm -hmm. come mm -hmm. in constant interruptions and it's almost unavoidable if you're using technology but we've got to be disciplined in that way mm -hmm. yeah I, I think for me i think one of the things especially as it pertains to maybe work or you know things like that you know there are certain uh important messages that come through mm -hmm. so it's like man i need to respond to this like pretty in a timely fashion but i think for the most part it's not like that, you know, right. that things can, things can wait, you know? And so for me, I think my thing is I can do a better job of what you're saying as far as like, you know, uh, having a do not disturb, but having a time set where it's like, well, during this time, yeah. you know, I'm not receiving any message. Now that might cause some angst on the other side of the, the, the people's side. But <laughs> if we like, train everyone... You know, to take back our sanity. Train train the world, man. Look, this Listen, is Listen, <laughs> you you've got to tell people, parents, children, you've got to tell people that your time is also important. Mm. So so if we tell our kids that every demand that is made of them, they've got to respond to it, mm -hmm. then what we are doing is we are validating those 5,000 interruptions. We are saying you don't have time to read a book. You, mm. you, you don't have time to sit in God's word. You don't have time to journal. Mm -hmm. You don't have time to meditate on God's word. There are things happening all the time of which you need to be a part. Mm -hmm. 
we can end that. Yeah. We can end that by saying, you know what? I'm doing do not disturb right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing do not disturb from this time to this time because it's important to me to do what I'm doing in this moment. That's right. Like we've never, you know, in the history of of civilization, we've never had as many interruptions to what I would say would be time that the Lord would minister to us as we have now. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it, man, there's so many of us, we, we pray and we're asking the Lord, we're seeking the Lord, but man, we don't know how to just sit in his presence. We don't know mm-hmm. how to just be with the Lord because mm-hmm. there's always someone else or something else that feels more important, mm-hmm. that feels more necessary. So I feel like we've got to take that back. And I'm kind of getting off topic here because I'm talking about our boys, but I'm also talking about like how we as adults, yeah, we well, also need to navigate I think it's this. Linked. It's linked because it won't happen in our boys, our girls, if it does not happen in us as parents. That's right. And so we we tend to disciple or pass down the things that we yes. know and do. And yes. so I think it's all linked. So getting back to this Wall Street Journal article here, um, Julie Jargon says, quote, there's no way that they can have full thoughts. I'm sorry, it's not Julie Jargon. It's Lubavitch, the woman who's got the center mm-hmm. that is trying to help uh, preteen boys or early teen boys get it together. Uh, she says that there's no way that you can hold full thoughts and focus if they're interrupted every few seconds. Like, Makes think sense. about that. There's Makes no sense. way that our kids can complete a thought. There's no way that our kids can focus if we normalize them being interrupted left and right, saying mm. that anyone, you know, I think about this and I, I'm going to go back to this article here. Um, but I think about how when adults are having a conversation mm-hmm. and, you know, like for us, we have we have several kids who at any given point, they could need something. They could walk in. Right. It is incredibly frustrating to try to finish a thought communicating mm-hmm. and someone keeps walking in. Right. And, and we've experienced that. Oh, it's yeah. like, yeah. we are talking yeah. we are, and you are being rude. But think about it. We don't apply that same standard to technology. Mm. The notifications come in mm-hmm. and we don't say, hey, I am thinking, I am processing <laughs> and you are being rude. We're just like, wait, let me check it out. Yeah. Let me check it out. Wait, what? Who posted what? Wait, what? This is a new news story? Wait, let me, new news. Let me, <laughs> let me check the new news. You know what I mean? So anyway, I'm just thinking about this as, as we go through it. Back yeah. to this article here. Lubavitch's uh, clientele is 70% male, up from 50% before the pandemic. The parents she serves are intent on improving their son's study habits and boosting their confidence before they get to high school, where poor organization can have far-reaching effects on school performance and college entry. 13-year-old boys, and I leaned in when I was reading this portion Mm -hmm. of the article because we have a 13-year-old boy, right? right. Back to the article. 13-year-old boys and girls have had declines in reading and math test scores since the pandemic, according to the National Assessment of Educational Progress. Yet girls score higher than boys in reading, and girls are completing high school at a higher rate than boys. Girls have been surpassing boys in school since at least the 1950s, says Richard Reeves, president of the American Institute for Boys and Men, a nonpartisan nonprofit research organization. Colleges in the past were more willing to accept male applicants in need of improvement, but that has changed. And women now outnumber men on college campuses. So let's think about what's happening. Mm-hmm. We are consistently telling our boys that they need to be less boy, mm-hmm. be less yeah. boy. Yeah. And we are consistently telling our girls that they need to be girls, but 
operate at a, like a boy level. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like that this is the standard and anything they can do, you can do better, right? <laughs> and then we need to carve out space. Now, I understand that women have been overlooked and girls have been overlooked and maybe even min minimized in our ability and what God has designed us to do. But there always seems to be like an overcorrection coming from the culture. Like there's right. always, you turn the dial just a little bit too far in your attempt to bring it back mm. right. to a good level. Right. Yeah. I, this is, this is something I, I feel like number one, um, parents would not have to spend $500 a month if they begin to have some discipline as as far as their devices and things like that go. I think they could probably rein that in themselves without mm -hmm. having to go. I think and, so. But I think we don't want to do the work. I, I think we I think we don't want to do the work. We don't want to uh, upset our children, things like that. Like we don't want a parent. Mm. And so we would rather spend the money to have somebody else to do this than us saying, okay, we need to put some parameters down. I see this is going on so we need to pull this back you know and and save five hundred dollars a month my That's number goodness one. another thing is i was talking to you about this uh before uh the show uh, that that probably should be a resurgence of the trade you know uh for young men like to have a trade mm -hmm. you know i think that will kind of recalibrate the mind and the thinking to working you know some things with your hands and to you know doing some different things like that to where uh the the social media and the the internet and stuff like that is not the dominating factor but you're going out and doing some things and so maybe we need to look at trades more mm -hmm. to to begin to recalibrate the minds of our boys uh to a different style of working you know, and and not put such an emphasis on college and and, and education in that way, mm -hmm. but also because there are going to be some that will go to university, yeah. you know, because of what they want to do. But there's a lot that would benefit from a trade, and it probably would train their mind to think differently and not be so unorganized and and uh, you know fidgety and stuff yeah. like that. If they learn how to do some things like a trade, yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because I think one of the things that I gathered from this Wall Street Journal article is that parents are taking note and getting involved because they want their kids to be college ready, because they want them to be able to go off to university and do well. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking, man. What about being concerned just because of the development of the child? Like, mm. what about being concerned, not because you attach it to like, you know, well, you need to be able to sit in a class. Like, what What about like, man, you're fearfully and wonderfully made and we're watching the onslaught of your thinking. Like, we're mm. watching an attack on the way God designed the mind. You mm. know what I mean? And then you connect that to the ability to be able to even explore, okay, if I don't intervene so that solely they are able to go to the university, but mm -hmm. I intervene because I need to know and understand how this kid is made, I think that begins to open the door to the idea of a trade, something mm -hmm. that the kid may do with his or her hands. I think gone are the days, and, and I'm, I'm glad about it, gone are the days where we say automatically kids are going to be shoveled off to the university. Like yeah. I think we right. need to be comfortably in a place where we say God has gifted us in different ways. He's gifted our children in different ways and it's up to the parent to mind those ways out. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And that's the part that I love. I, I love how God has set us up to look at our children and see how they're bent and begin to think of how we can nurture that. And I think it would it would do well for us to look examine trades and things like that more. And I think it would help our families out, you know, and our young people to see that they 
can do something that they probably didn't think that they can do yeah. and even have a career doing that thing. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I My encouragement to parents, and um, this is a, a longer article, and there's some really great information in there, even highlighting one young man who received training and was able to kind of come back from what I would describe as an addiction to technology. Mm. I, I think... Man, if I could just say in a moment of sobriety, I think that we are addicted to technology in ways that we don't recognize. And in ways, I, I will tell you just in my own life, when I sit down to read or to journal, it's amazing the thoughts that pop into my mind that I need to do. And almost all of those thoughts, almost all of those thoughts involve the use of my phone. Mm. So I sit down to read my Bible, I'm not trying to be oversaved, but to read my Bible or to journal. I love to journal, right? And immediately some thought, oh, I need to, I need to send, I need to email, I need to, I, I need to look up, I need to, and why? It's like the brain, mm. the mind has been sort of like, um, shaped toward technological advances. Like yes. this is when we feel functional. Like I feel like I'm actually doing something if it's happening through my phone. And so I would say that as a parent, if we are observing in our kids and even in ourselves, and I think you made this point well, but if we were observing in ourselves and in our children an addiction to technology, man, what does the Bible permit us to be mastered by? Nothing. Nothing like we look, there are things that are for our benefit and for our good, but we are not to be mastered by those things. So I would say the encouragement to parents is one, don't be afraid to parent for the glory of God. Right. So one, we want to secure our own mask. Okay. Two, we want to secure the mask of the person right next to us. So I'm, in this illustration, I'm talking about our kids. We want to make sure that they have the gospel, that they know who Jesus Christ is. Then we want to see them grow. We want to see them discipled and become robust followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. This means pointing out where there are blind spots. If your kid, nine times out of 10, probably 10 times out of 10, your kid is not going to recognize that he or she is addicted to technology. Mm. Probably your kids are not even going to be able to feel the effects of it because this is the world that they are born into and yeah. growing up in. We feel it because it was not always this way. Right. We know that there's a difference. <laughs> that yeah, there's a different way of doing things and not having certain things at our fingertips and yeah. we still survived. <laughs> That's come on. Like not not being able to respond to everybody's you know, I oh, anyway, we're changing though. And that's the concerning part. Like the parents are changing because we are enjoying the technology. You know, Satan <laughs> is a master at the conveniences of life, mm. creating an inconvenience in our relationship with the father. Mm. And that's ultimately what this leads to. Look, if our kids cannot be devoted, if they cannot be devoted, this affects their relationship with Jesus. If they cannot be undistracted, this affects their relationship with the Lord Jesus. Um, the enemy is really good at what he does, mm -hmm. right? And the best way for him to operate, we talked about this in marriage, the best way for him to operate is to be undetected. So if we've got our kids, our boys who can't concentrate and can't focus because all they can think about is gaming, well, maybe we need to take away the gaming. Mm. Now people, oh, well, I could, I couldn't, I could never do that. I've seen some videos here. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them too. When you take away the game and, and how, how the they kid, have a meltdown. Oh my goodness. Listen. Yeah. That's, that's not normal people. That's not the way that it should be. That's an addict. 
That is an addict experiencing on the spot, real time withdrawals. And and if we normalize that in our children, we have done them a disservice and we've not honored God in our parenting. So anyway, look, (laughs) the culture is always going to be pushing something out to us. We must resist it and resist it actively. As we often say, when we resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, we remain culture proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless. Hey, did you know that Culture Proof has hoodies now? We do. These are the coolest hoodies Uh that you will see in a long time. Yes. Until we (laughs) call these statements. You know, sometimes it may be difficult or it may not be difficult, you know, to to, uh, have a conversation about something that you, you think that's important. And Culture Proof helps you to make that statement. You can use these actually to fire off those conversations somebody ask you what what is culture proof you can you can tell them yeah it's an it's an open door for the gospel it'll keep you warm while you're sharing the gospel Man, maybe if you're outside and help you look good <laughs> these these hoodies are so versatile they'll clean your house they'll babysit your kid <laughs> no nah, see like, you're taking it too these far. hoodies will give you a better marriage like just <laughs> the culture proof hoodie is what is going to save america i'm just kidding um it's a way for you to support the ministry is what it is yes. and we're really excited about them we actually love wearing them we think they're pretty cool um because they are a statement in the culture that we live in we say that we are resisting those cultural trends that rival the truth and we intend to remain culture proof it's james 127b it is is keeping ourselves unstained by this world and so we invite you to join us make your statement um this is our second uh restocking of the hoodies we are so excited that they were such a hit on social media and if you listen to the podcast and maybe you want to wear that there are hoodies don't worry because they sold out and then we restocked them Mm -hmm. and they are in we're going to put a link in the show notes so you'll know exactly where to go to get yours and get one for a friend it's gift giving season and it's cold and it's cold and look if you buy one when you buy one if you would take a picture and send it to us, oh yeah, we would love to to show these beautiful hoodies on beautiful people. These are your statement hoodies. Boom. You know how they're statement tees, but it's too cold, so now it's statement hoodies. Right. All right, go to straightedgeapparel.bigcartel.com <laughs> and pick yours up. We'll also put the links in the show notes. <laughs>